My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Well, last night I sent you a message, Marion, saying we'll talk all about the launch that's about to take place on Twitter Spaces, because as far as I'm concerned, the debt ceiling is a snooze fest. Boy, did we get a gift last night. If you didn't catch it, the question I was going to ask Marion was, well, what has to happen for Ron DeSantis to win? What set of circumstances need to take place for him to win the Republican nomination? Is his campaign dead in the water, Marion? Was the launch or the failure to launch the worst launch in history? And has it made it so there's no recovering from this? You know, I think, Charlotte, the only thing he can be grateful for right now is the fact that there is a writer's strike at the moment. So <laughs> all of the late night comics, who would have had, I, I mean, oh. I, I, I ache to think what Stephen Colbert would have done with this or any of the rest, they would have had such a field day with this. None of them is working at the moment. None of the shows are on. So he is he dodged that bullet. But to answer your question, what does he need to do to win? I think, or what needs to happen for him to win? I think that Donald Trump needs to get hit by a tornado or a fly, meet a stray meteor or, or else needs to, failing that, to find himself behind bars on November in November 2024. I, yeah, even, even then, after this launch, I was like, no, he actually needs a time yeah. machine to go back and do this again. I mean, you know, it was a disembodied was voice, Marion. It wasn't like you would think that the normal... And like basic so conventional wisdom is get as many people who believe this is a good idea for you to run in um, one room. Um, no, we want we want we want a jaggy dropout radio vibe where it was more like it was more like a shock jock radio phone in between two rich men. <laughs> Do you remember Radio Dublin? You probably done the pirate radio station. <laughs> and it was in a dinghy stranded off Dublin, the coast of Dublin somewhere. It was understandable that they sounded a bit like that most of the time, but that was 30, 40 years ago. And there's really no excuse in this day and age, especially when you have Mr. Visionary, high-tech guru, Elon Musk. But mm. again, Charlotte, get back to... and. I really do urge people, if they just want a good laugh, okay, I know, I know we should be bigger than this, but to hell with it. <laughs> this, oh. this guy had it coming. But like, if just to listen to the 
utter debacle that, you know, first of all, they can't get on the air for 25 minutes. Then David Sachs or whoever he is, some mega donor comes on and he's, oh, oh, it's all melting. And then there's this weird music and then Musk appears or does he? And then DeSantis sounds like a disembodied robot, which he pretty well is anyway. And the whole thing is just such a shit show. Yeah, dumpster fire from the, from the word go. Like we, we definitely have to talk about there's no pulling any positives from this, because, as you say, the 20 minutes at the start where it just wouldn't work was worse than trying to have a Skype phone call with your parents in the height of the pandemic when Zoom was too much for them. Yeah, I think we've got a, just a massive number of people online, so it's... Um, Servers are straining somewhat. Many false government experts. Thank there you. Media mouthpieces. All right, here we go. All right, I think we're broadcasting. <laughs> Man, I think we melted the internet there. Yeah, that was insane. Sorry. We uh, um, anyway, thanks everyone for joining. Uh, we're incredibly excited to announce uh, that if you want to have to have uh, Governor DeSantis uh, on with us. It really spoke to exactly how disconnected he is and. It just like it was the least presidential thing imaginable. And isn't that what everybody's going for when trying to launch a presidential campaign is see me as presidential? Well, and indeed, Charlotte, and you just hit the hit it on the head right there because see me, people want to see him. Yes. <laughs> Instead, he's in a dark room or in a black space with Elon Musk in, and nobody can see him. They can't even hear him. And the whole thing, who thought this was a good idea? That's what I want to know. Now, it's everybody knows around the campaign circuit that Ron DeSantis won't listen to anybody except for his wife. And she's a media person. So you think she would have said, you know what, Ron? you kind of have to go on telly. I think that what happened here is he's so keen to avoid a fight with Donald Trump. Well, that he picks on Mickey Mouse, but that's another story. But that he went onto Twitter because it was like it was a safe space away from Donald Trump because Donald Trump isn't on Twitter. So therefore, he couldn't mock him and sneer at him and beat him up during his launch, which in fact, he gave Donald Trump such a gift instead. But you know, the fact, and then he launched these weird ads that show this dark curtain and this sort of disembodied British voice going, do you have the courage? Do you have the courage to fight? And then he sort of walks out with that dumpy little walk of his and there's nothing. And you're going, who's running this campaign for God's mm. sake? Mm. And then the bit I did laugh at, which I think is probably the funniest thing anyone said, is that his campaign then announced that by the 1st of August, I, they're going to have this up and running Labor Day. They're going to have this up and running thing where they will have 2,600 sort of door-to-door people like an army who will just, and $200 million, and they'd be all out there for DeSantis. Bernie Sanders didn't even have that. And people were passionate about Bernie Sanders. I don't know who could be passionate about Ron DeSantis. I suspect not even his wife is passionate about Ron DeSantis. Well, Marion, this is the ding on the guy from the word go. And it's obviously what Donald Trump is going to go after. And yeah. you know, we are at the very beginning of what is expected to be one of the most bitter campaigns in GOP history. The ding is terrible with people as you've said personality vacuum you want to set the record straight on that and be with people but this was 
couldn't be further from people. I mean, there was no whites of the eyes, as you said. There was no down the barrel of the lens with that little thumb fist that these yeah. guys tend to do, where you believe, read my lips, look at my, look at me. I'm sincerely saying I can do this. It, it has to. Uh, what's the what's the response over there right now across the media? Because certainly, all I'm seeing here is just actual head shaking. Like people can't believe how bad this went. It's a mixture of head shaking. And I have to say the journalists I've been talking to, a couple of producers in the news channels and whatever, have we everybody's just been laughing because but the thing again going back to just picking up on what you said there, you if you want to run for president you can't hide in the dark. You've got to come out. You've got to say, I want to do this. I'm excited about this. I'm out here. You can't go, oh, I'm going to sit in here with Elon Musk. And then even the fact that they were saying, oh, we had 700,000 people at one point, 700,000 people is nothing. It's a, it's an embarrassment. Yeah, and then yeah. it went down to 171,000 and more more than half the people who had initially tuned in just tuned out because apart from anything else, it was so boring. He's talking about EIS or in, in diversity yeah. and inclusion. And, you know, it, he, it's like, it's just boring. And then the Chevron something or other, I didn't even know half the crap he was talking about. And I peddle in this business. Uh, yeah. and, and it was just... Oh my God! But, thing, you know, right? Trump, like, Trump did. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but here's here's the thing, Marion. Trump was brilliant. People forget 2016. Was Trump was brilliant at getting down in the dirt, in the weeds, oh, yeah. and had no problem talking about the things that mattered to Americans. This couldn't have been further from that. I mean, I always thought that the Disney, the Mickey Mouse fight that he's in was again a distant thing like americans like mickey mouse yeah, <laughs> they, they love mickey <laughs> i mean he's putting so much chips on so many bad bets from yes. from mickey mouse to as you say the load of millionaire bullshit that matters to rich dudes it's so removed from well look the fact that this took place on twitter how many americans are actually on Twitter, has the man over-egged the pudding in terms of thinking that online is where this campaign takes place? You know, and if it is, God help him, because he's it's even worse for him than if it's... I think, you see, what he was trying to do, I assume, and this is to be generous, is he thought, oh, I'm going to go all futuristic with my buddy Elon here, forgetting about the SpaceX debacle of April 20th, and, and um, all a lot of Elon Musk's other debacles, and, uh, and thought, this is going to make me seem cool and cutting edge and visionary. But he, And he also wanted to bypass the mainstream media, as he calls it. But now, guess who is his big champion? His big champion is Fox. And so to kind of snub Fox, he had agreed agreed that he would do his launch with Tucker Carlson. Now, for reasons (laughs) best best left undiscussed, Tucker Carlson can no longer be with us. So the alternative was Tucker Carlson's stand-in who is this guy called Trey Gowdy, or as he used to be known in Washington, Gray Dowdy, because he is so boring as well. And he's this sort of 
anemic looking drink of water who's just, you know, so this was, he did go on Fox afterwards then where they kind of tried to pretend that it was all a great success, but he, he kind of made the worst of both worlds as in he decided he was going to throw a bone to Elon Musk. It turned out that it was just a shambles. And then he went on to Fox after that to try and clean up the mess with, as I said, the most boring man in journalism. And, and the whole thing was just completely mismanaged. And the things he can't, because as you say, he cannot, he might do a Donald Trump and say he hates the mainstream media, but he can't really avoid the media if he wants mm -hmm. to run for president. And free media, as Donald Trump discovered, he got $3 billion worth because the American media were so naive and stupid and greedy, and they lapped up his every word. And CNN used to have a live feed of an empty stage with waiting for Donald Trump for half an hour before he even appeared. Hopefully that won't happen this year. But just, you know, and Trump did put out, well, a number of posts and the hashtag disaster, which I actually thought was like quite funny for Trump. Well, well, act with a really funny um, couple of things as well while the shambles was happening. But Trump did make one, Trump occasionally, and he does have a knack for kind of hitting on not necessarily the truth, but what a lot of people are thinking. And he said the only way DeSantis can win is if he has a personality transplant. And, you know, <laughs> it's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of true. yeah. He, he did hit the nail on the head because really underneath all of this, if the person had some sort of charisma, might get away with it. Might actually yeah. get away with it. That like on some level, there's you can picture in your head it actually being kind of riveting if somebody is you know that charismatic like i'm picturing a barack obama and listening to his yeah. voice and actually having to focus on his words and yeah. hear what he's saying that sometimes all the distraction of the hooping and hollering when charisma and personality is there can actually cut it right down to the fillet that wow this is this is a great speaker but he does not have that to rest on. I wanted to talk about those Trump reactions, though, Marion, because I felt like he didn't watch it either. I felt like he turned it off. We both know that yeah. his attention span isn't brilliant. One yeah. thing that he put out that seemed to be pre-written that didn't capture the moment was, Rob, my red button is bigger and better and stronger and is working. Truth, yours does not. Per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North <laughs> Korea, soon <laughs> to become my friend. I, I was like, mental. I mean, I've, I, I've got a, I've got a red mark on my head from where I've been scratching it throughout all of this. But that is a head scratcher. I mean, what, what is he talking about? And also, you know, he's literally got an open goal here. Now he can just have at it in terms of ridiculing this man. It, because if anyone was going to look old in this campaign, it was him. But Ron DeSantis is winning on that, on that alone. He is winning on the oldest looking man in this race. Yeah. And I mean, I do, again, just what you said there about like that, th there is a world where you imagine that just listening to somebody's voice. No, no, no. That was 1945. That was Winston Churchill and FDR. Those days are over. People want the bells and the whistles. I've covered so many campaign launches in America and they want the characters. They want the band, the music, the streamers, the balloons. They want mm -hmm. the show. And this yep. was so mean. It, it just seems so like 
dull and lifeless and she, lacking in everything, even if it had worked, which it didn't. But yeah, back to Trump and his crazy tweet about it. Yeah, you know, I think that what the logic behind the DeSantis campaign, I think, was that, look, Trump cannot make it through all these legal actions. One of them sooner or later is going to hit him upside the head and he's not going to be able to recover. Everyone is counting down for the Jack Smith for the indictment on the classified documents case. And it seems so watertight and it seems like it's coming down the pipe any day now. And I think that there is a feeling that this could be like that DeSantis may actually have an open field more or less by, by November 2024, but that's not going to be much use if he doesn't get it by the primary. By, the, by He's going to need to have that open field by next March, April, because the primary seasons are kind of like dominoes. It, you know, if you're knocked out in the first three or four, the donors pull out their money, everything just grinds to a standstill. So, but then Trump is now his court case, the one which involves the 34 indictments related to the Stormy Daniels, hush payments, etc. Those dates have now been fixed for March 2024. That trial is going to start in March 24. Now, of course, Trump is going, boo-hoo, that's so unfair. I'll be in the middle of the primaries. There's no way that Trump didn't agree to that date. There's no way because there's no way that the judge involved in this who is too smart would have that sort of an appeal that Trump's um, right, his First Amendment rights, his right to run for president was being stifled by a malicious judge. So this date, and I think that Trump is banking on the fact that he's going to get a lot of sympathy in the primaries when his plight is seen that he's being cooped up in New York by these evil judges. I think, however, that I'm going to make a sort of prediction, and I'll probably be wrong. I think Glenn Youngkin, this Mr. Nice Guy, the smarmy Mr. Nice Guy, the, who is the governor of Virginia, who actually is almost as extreme as Ron DeSantis on his critical race theory and his anti-woke stuff. But he does it in these kind of dad sort of fleecy vests and with a smile. And he's kind of, you know, he doesn't seem as angry. And he's been hovering, I think, around whether he should run or not. And a lot of Republicans want him to run because they think people used to say you get DeSantis is Trump without the baggage. But DeSantis is like a, a malfunctioning robot. And that's, he was like that way before it all went tails up during his launch. Whereas Yunkin is kind of emollient. He's kind of, he sort of is a bit, he reminds me of a kind of a salesman type. He's a very wealthy individual as well. But I think that the people who are in the field at the moment, the people who have jumped in, none of those can be Trump. I think that there may be a feeling with the Republicans, okay, look, forget DeSantis, forget him, that's not going to work. And like that they're great big hope. Because if you think back like to six months ago or even four months ago, it was all DeSantis with the Republicans. Mm -hmm. They're all like, oh my God, yes. You know, we have our guy. And of course, it's not the first time that happened and it's the nature of politics. But I think that they do think Youngkin, Virginia is a kind of a liberal state, that he's a popular governor there. But he's, as I said, he's about the same almost as DeSantis in terms of all of the this woke nonsense that they go on with but he's not as militant and he's not as objectionable and he's not as belligerent and we'll see I I, I mean it looks like Trump is unbeatable but you know events you just cannot tell with American politics yeah I mean there was a, this Yunkin guy does look as watery as anything oh, and yeah absolutely <laughs> you know as you say there's every chance that all of these guys are positioning themselves in the hope of 
a tornado hitting Donald Trump or some sort of legal tornado landing and scooping him up and taking him off somewhere else so that he's out of the race. And it's just between Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And honestly, Marion, that's an awful situation to find yourself in if you're the Republicans, because you've basically got nobody motivated to vote for anybody. There's no one capturing the imagination. And in the meantime, it's it couldn't be a better time to have a good candidate. When you look at what's being said by six out of 10 Americans this week, it emerged in a poll, are concerned about Joe Biden's mental fitness for a second term. I'm interested in that, in the wording of that and the questions of these things. I mean, I'm concerned about my own mental fitness a lot of the time. I mean, I don't mean yours. Yeah, careful now. (laughs) His approval rate is up four points. But 63% of people are still concerned if he has the mental capacity to do the job. That's a phenomenally high number, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It is worrying. And it's it, Hillary Clinton, of course, she got Danford, but she was interesting when she spoke last week. And she said, yes, people do have the right to consider Joe Biden's age, consider his age. And her point was that consider all the other factors as well. Look at what he's done in the last, you know, three, four years. Look what he's achieved as president. And then also the Biden thing. And they're quite successful with this is the variations on his slogan is like, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And he's saying, yes, I'm not a perfect candidate, but look at the other guy. If you want to see crazy, look at the other guy. And he's saying like, you're not getting Jesus Christ to run for the Democrats. You're getting me. And for the Republicans, you're going to get Trump. So basically, this is this is your choice. Now, who do you want? And I think it's not a bad strategy. I think that also the problem is, and People aren't really saying this, that, okay, Joe Biden is, he would be, if he wins a second term, he'd be 86 by the time he left office. Now, people do not want to, like, normally people would say, well, he's got a great vice president, he's got a whatever, you know, but the Democrats don't believe that Kamala Harris is a winning proposition. And so instead of them saying, well, so what? We can, you know, Kamala Harris can take over. They're almost trying to avoid that conversation because they believe that she's not popular enough, which is, as we've discussed before on this podcast, as much a a fault and function of the role of vice president and how she has been kind of treated within that role where she's been given really very few opportunities to shine and told go down to the border and sort that out and, and good luck with that frankly. So I think that that's part of the problem that the they're afraid that the American electorate is going to go well it's either Joe or what and we don't want Kamala mm. Harris whereas I think if they felt that Joe Biden had say even somebody like Gretchen Whitmer, who has proven to be a tough, smart governor in Michigan, which is a tricky swing state, or somebody of that ilk, that they would feel that they could say, well, you know what, it's okay, because guess who? We've got Gretchen here waiting in the wings. It was a bit like, um, and it's unfair to compare Kamala Harris to this, but the perspective is a bit like when, when John McCain was running and people were going, yeah, we really don't want Sarah Palin as president. And it is unfair because Kamala Harris is eminently more qualified than than 
as Sarah Palin. She's a smart woman. She's got a good record. She was a senator. She's a prosecutor. But America has not warmed to her. And that includes a large proportion of the Democratic Party. Let's go down through it then, right? So you've said Glenn Youngkin's number three in the charts of GOP possibles. Nikki Haley in my, in my to, book, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. No, no, so no. Nikki Haley uh, gets nope. must get shout number four. No? Nope. No, no point, as they say in the Eurovision. <laughs> no, I do not see. She's too... Um, well, first of all, explain to people who she is, because I think a lot of people won't really know the name. Now, on paper, she's very good. Okay, on paper, she is the former governor of South Carolina. She handled a number of things really well there when she was governor. A number of very tricky political issues, including the shooting in the church in South Carolina. She was very smart in the way she helped dealt with the debate about getting rid of Confederate statues. She was a savvy politician. She was picked by Trump then to be the UN ambassador. Now, UN ambassador, like if if it's a Republican president and you get UN ambassador, you, it's like getting cleaning out the dog kennel. They, they don't really rage if they give you that because they loathe the UN and they think it's a waste of space. So that wasn't a great place for her to go, but she did kind of manage to shine a little bit within there, even though Mike Pompeo was squashing her at every turn. But since then, she's, you know, she came out and she launched her campaign and it was she was sort of, I think, trying to do a, almost a Thatcherite pitch. And Margaret Thatcher, as she says repeatedly, is her idol. But I've seen her speak at a number of events, a number of big Republican events, and things where you can really gauge if she's going to land or not. And the disinterest in her, and I don't know what it is, if it's sexism, if it's misogyny, if it's the fact that she comes, she's the daughter of immigrants from India, which I think there may be a bit of that in it as well, but she's just not, she's not connecting with Republicans okay. from what I can see. She's just not connecting. And that it's as simple as that, right? Is, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's just, if yeah. you're not connecting then you're dead in the water. I mean, I keep having, do you ever have the night out, Marion, where you go, oh, Jesus, and then that happened. And it comes back to you and you're like, oh, God, that was so embarrassing. That's what keeps happening to me with this DeSantis launch. I'm like, oh, my God. And like, they couldn't even get the thing. Marion, people are paid an awful lot of money to make these things. Like, they would have tested this. They would have. Somebody was like, this is the way to do it, Ryan, Mr. Dosanus. I mean, is yeah. are people getting fired today? Just if we could just diverge off the path for a moment. Oh, is somebody going to get fired over this? Someone's going to get their ass kicked. And who should really get their rear kicked on this is Elon Musk, because he cut the number of Twitter staff by 80%. You know, yes. he just... Not a good place. So it's like <laughs> if you leave one person to in the house to run the whole show and whoops, they just have, they're trying to do a hundred other things and they drop that particular ball because there are so many others that they're trying to sort out. So if you do slash it to, to the extent that he has done and then, it, you know, you're, it, it, it's going to happen. It's good. You know, it, like Marianne, it, 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 but Marion, it made Ron Ponton look like a genius when it comes to technology. Just that's a deep cut for anybody who's been listening a long time. Ron Ponton, I am not a cat. Do you remember the lawyer with the cat uh, filter on his Zoom meeting? I mean, I was like, I was, I had my head in my hands going, oh my God, this is, this would be embarrassing if. Yeah. 
you if you were meeting friends and you couldn't get your connection to work. Yeah. But instead, you are attempting to announce you can trust me to be president of America, despite the fact that I can't get my internet connection to work. Truly extraordinary. And and there is a bit, because I do remember one time many years ago, I was interviewing F.W. de Klerk before the South African elections, and the interview, it was salvaged in the end, but it was a debacle, not least because the photographer who worked for the South African Argus at the time came in drunk and started flipping camera cans and catching them with his mouth. And you're just going, oh, Jesus Christ. How? And we've, I think we've all had those moments. If you, like in, in your life, no matter where you work, where you, yeah, something yeah. is just such a disaster, you're going, oh, the shame, I mean, the shame. Thankfully, Marion, I... Like people are always asking me, Jarlith, what was the worst gig of your life? The most embarrassing. And I honestly yes. have the capacity to delete those memories from my hard Good drive. <laughs> I, I cannot remember. Or maybe that. you've never There's, had a bad gig. It's uh, possible. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it is literally not possible. And I definitely will someday try and dredge <laughs> up the memories. But there is no getting rid of this one. This one is going to live no. on. For poor old Ron DeSantis. We have an awful lot more to get through, including how one complaint, one complaint, led a Florida school district to restrict access to Amanda Gorman's famous poem. We'll have to talk about the debt ceiling. Yeah, 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 we'll have to get into the debt ceiling. Um, And and we we might even talk about a few other possible GOP uh, candidates now that Ron is officially dead in the water, including Tim Scott. Oh, yeah. Uh, Listen, Mike Pence Pence is back in the race, Marion. (laughs) Based on this, Mike Pence is looking like a very dynamic candidate all of a sudden. He's on fire. (laughs) Including, even with his running mate, the fly on his head. Come on over to (laughs) patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad to hear the rest of my chat with Marion. And of course, a full 10 years of interviews with the best Irish people ever to have left our shores. It's all available for a five or a month, and we're even going to offer a little free trial in the coming weeks. If you if you just want to give it a go uh, at no cost to yourself, come on over and explore the archive, because I tell you, it'll take you a lot longer than a week to get through it. Marion and I are going to continue our chat over there. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.